0: Manly men, manly men, men, men this is Wisconsin's
1: weekend morning news Good morning to you, Dayton Kane in for Libby Collins, which is why Isaac in the producer's booth playing the little men theme. You got a a guy in control today. I apologize, uh, but I'll do my best. Uh, She always fills in for me on the Fix It show and the Fox World Travel Show when I need her. So, returning the favor. Thank you, Libby, for that. Uh, Good morning to you. Like I said, my name's Dayton. It is the first day of October, and the leaves start changing. We see the reds and the yellows and the orange pumpkins, but another color's been sneaking in for quite a while. That color would be pink for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So that's how we're going to kick off the show today. Uh, We're going to welcome Maddie Petrie, the Senior Development Manager at the American Cancer Society. Good morning. How are you, Maddie?
2: I'm doing great. How are you doing this morning?
1: I am doing well. It's going to be another hot day, which is weird to start the month of October, but we'll take it.
2: Yes, I agree. I agree. Not expected.
1: Yeah, not expected, but uh, welcomed. We'll take it. So, you guys have been, how long have you been with the American Cancer Society?
2: I have been with the American Cancer Society for almost three and a half years now. And it has been uh, such a wonderful organization to be with. And, and we're so excited for all that we have planned in this month of October here for breast cancer to make sure that our breast cancer survivors and families are continue to, continue to feel supported, not only here in October, but year round.
1: Yeah, you guys are working year round. Everybody knows Breast Cancer Awareness Month is a big one. And you know what? Whoever created the pink color and associated it with Breast Cancer Awareness Month did a huge thing because you just, October became pink.
2: Yes, yes. We are gearing up certainly for all things pink here in the month of October. And it really is a great time. For us every year to circle back on why the fight against breast cancer is so important. We've made so much progress in breast cancer, but we still know that breast cancer is the most common cancer in women in the United States besides skin cancer and the second leading cause of cancer-related death in women. So mm-hmm. we, while we've made so much progress in this space, we still know so many women, about 297,790 new cases of invest- invasive breast cancer will be diagnosed this year and two eight800 new case, cases in men this year as well so it's incredibly important that we are still fundraising these life-saving dollars uh year-round and making sure we have programs in place for all breast cancer survivors to feel supported through their journey
1: Natty petrie from the american cancer society on we're talking about breast cancer awareness month kicks off today uh what you guys do have some events going across the state uh what are those
2: Yeah, we have our Making Strides Against Breast Cancer Walks, which are an awesome opportunity for people to come out and find community in the breast cancer field. Um, so we have our Making Strides Against Fox Valley on uh, Making Strides Against Breast Cancer of Fox Valley on October 7th here, and then our Making Strides Against Breast Cancer of both Green Bay and Milwaukee will be taking place on October 14th. So that weekend we have two walks. But coming up here on October 7th we have our Fox Valley walk. They're a great chance for people in those communities to come out, and anyone is welcome. They're really family-friendly events. Um, If you are part of a business, a community group, if you are a breast cancer survivor, a caregiver, a family of someone, or just really passionate about breast cancer, uh, these are a great chance for you to come out. Fundraising is optional, but you also, it's just really important that people leave with community and a support system around them um, to find space if they are passionate about breast cancer.
1: And a lot of people have been affected by this for sure. Uh, is a pre-registration required or recommended?
2: It is recommended, but there's also registration on site if you're not able to. They can visit our websites. Anyone can visit our websites if they're uh, interested in signing up and learning more about the event.
1: And the website?
2: We have our um websites. If you just the, the best way um is just to Google search our Making Strides Against Breast Cancer and there will be a search bar on our national website where they can just search Wisconsin and then those local Wisconsin websites will come up.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you for all you do. Thanks for calling in today and uh do do some good awareness uh what do you call it? Let's get people aware of what's going on here so we can keep fighting um you guys are doing a great thing and it's it seems like when you, you say you're making strides in the name of the walks that you do. You guys are doing great work. What, what's like the big thing that's been that happened the last year here?
2: I would say uh, post-pandemic is bringing back our programs for our breast cancer survivors. We had so much stop in the last few years, but our programs are back in full force. We have our transportation and lodging program, so people have a place to stay and a way to get to their treatment. We have our 24-7 helpline and website, cancer.org, and then all of our cancer support services, so our Cancer Survivors Network and our Reach to Recovery Program for breast cancer patients, which connects them to another breast cancer survivor, our caregiver resource guide, so so much in place to make sure that our breast cancer survivors and their families feel supported.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much, Maddie. Have a great day. Coming up next, we're going to check into sports with Dominic Catronio. It is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News on WTMJ.
3: In a must-win game for the Cubs and a lame-duck game for the Brewers, it was 6-0 Cubs after one inning. But this thing was pretty entertaining. And by the second inning, things were all square.
0: And the pitch hit to
3: Mr. Baseball Bob Uecker on the call. However, the Cubs would end up winning 10-6. It was all for naught, though, as the Cubs were eliminated by virtue of the Marlins winning in Pittsburgh. So the National League playoff field is set. The Marlins and Diamondbacks clinched their playoff berths on Saturday night, and their results today will determine who the Brewers face on Tuesday in the wildcard round. The finale of the regular season is today at 2-10. Our coverage begins at 1 with Brewers warm-up. The Badgers were idle on college football Saturday. Here in the Big Ten, the top two teams really had no sweat. Number two, Michigan defeated Nebraska 45 7. Number six, Penn State over Northwestern 41 13. Nothing crazy in the top 25 as far as upsets go, but a few teams had to sweat. Number one, Georgia came down to the wire against Auburn 27 20. And number seven, Washington had their hands full on the road at Arizona. They win 31 24. But a wild finish between number 13 LSU visiting number 20
0: Ole Miss and so now steps back to the left throws toward the back of the end zone. the pass is going to be deflected and incomplete It's there over. is no flag Ole Miss it's over. has won over LSU 55 to 49
3: wow Dave Kellum on the call on the Ole Miss Sports Network from Learfield I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports
1: thank you Dominic coming up next the five-day forecast and we'll check in with Vince Vetrano who's hanging with Mark Cass it is Wisconsin's weekend morning news on WTMJ good morning Good morning. Thanks for joining us, 819. On a Sunday, Dayton Kane in for Libby Collins on Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News. Let's get you that five-day forecast. It's going to sound like I found an old one from July, but it is October 1st. Today, warm, muggy, sunny, a high of 82. Monday, sunny, 83. Tuesday, partly cloudy, 83. Wednesday, chance of showers and thunderstorms, 79. And Thursday, partly cloudy with a few showers, and a high of 70. 61 in Hartford, 65 in Kenosha, 65 in Milwaukee, and it's time to check in on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline with Vince Vetrano.
4: Thanks, Dayton. I'm joined by Editor-in-Chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal, Mark Cass. Morning, Mark. Hey, Vince. How are you doing today? So I'm anxious to see how the week shapes up for a lot yeah. of things. Let's start with the Milwaukee Brewers and the playoff situation. At worst, Mark, we have just two games here in Milwaukee, which right. means we get swept in two. I don't see that happening. I'm looking for a deep run by our Milwaukee Brewers here in the playoffs.
5: I mean, really important, Vincent, because think of last year when there were no playoffs. And, you know, kind of what happened at the end season, things just go away. But here you're going to have at least a week, hopefully a lot more kind of, as you said, we're going to get a lot of the people from out of town who they're going to come in. They're going to spend money at the hotels. They're going to spend money at the restaurants. They're going to spend money at the stores. And they're also going to spend money at the team. Think about it already. The Brewers have already have shirts and hats out there. They're already making revenue off of this playoff run. They're going to have a couple home games, at least where they're going to sell a lot of food and it's a lot of beer. And they're going to sell a lot of tickets. So this is good for the Brewers being in the smallest market in the major leagues to have the playoffs. Now, obviously I mean, if they're out in the first round, it's not as good as going all the way to the World Series, but think about, I think it was 2018 when when they went all the way to the NLCS, how great that was in the city, how much attention that brought to the city, and how much money was spent here. This really has an economic impact. And, you know, color also comes at a great time. Think about what we're also working on right now, and, and that's the money for the future of AmFam Field. So to have this kind of play out as that's being voted on in Madison, I think is great for the Brewers.
4: Uh, let's pivot quickly to the Milwaukee Bucks, because we got a lot of other stuff to talk about. But, boy, it's all sports here on the front end. Yeah. You know, Bucks training camp starts already this coming week here with big yep. increase in interest now due to the big trade for Damian Lillard. You have all of that happening. Boy, the Bucks stole the spotlight right out from under the Brewers for at least a couple of days of the news really, cycle but isn't the Bucks. That amazing
5: how that happened
4: <laughs> right i know right if i'm the brewers i'm like can you give me a minute here <laughs> like we're going to the playoffs <laughs> but man what what the bucks have done not only on the floor but then everything that they've built in and around fiserv forum uh, it's a really right. exciting time for downtown milwaukee
5: it is and it's also a real important time for the bucks because think about this in the hours after that trade where they bring in this this guy who. A superstar they sold 200 uniforms like overnight with his name on it so that just shows the impact he's going to have on this team both on the court and off the court so and they're saying now they're going to sell all their seats for the season tickets so again he's already had a huge impact I think that's going to continue obviously winning is important we saw that in 2021 when they won the championship what that meant to our city both from a financial standpoint and from a just being seen internationally standpoint so i think the interest in the bucks is only going to increase obviously now they have to win on the court and if that happens over the first few months of the season you're just
4: going to see huge crowds down there talking with editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee business journal mark cass you know the other thing mark on the intangible level you know we've talked a lot about dollars and cents and what it means for businesses that benefit directly but how about just the lifting of all of our spirits other major wisconsin companies get behind our teams. Maybe they have a spirit day in the office. Maybe they light the exterior of their building up green for the Bucks or blue for the Brewers or what have you. Like, there's an right. intangible benefit to, to our teams doing well, too, right? You're exactly right. You're seeing that already. Just,
5: I mean, all the spirit behind the Brewers, all the spirit behind what's going on with the Bucks. I think it's great. I think the other thing that you have to talk about, Vince, is having these teams here and the success they have. Helps us draw both more companies and helps us draw more employees here. I mean, think of, you know, kind of the young 20s and 25-year-olds who are looking for a place to live. They want to live where sports teams are. They want to live where they obviously have some success. So this helps us, but you're right in terms of spirit. All you have to do is kind of look back to 2021 and what went on when they won the championship, how great that was for the city. And thinking back all the way back to 82 and 83, I went to
4: the World Series. I still remember it. So, I mean, it was that
5: important (laughs) for this city. And
4: kind of for this community to have that kind of thing. Need another parade on Wisconsin Avenue. Sticking with the Bucks right a little on
5: Wisconsin
4: bit. Avenue. Oh, we've got, the, you know, a global superstar. And I don't know that there's any way that we can really wrap our arms around how big it is. They have a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo who plays for our team, who lives in our community, who's raising his children here. And now Giannis has, uh, tell me about this restaurant that he's invested in.
5: All right. This is an interesting one. He's getting more involved. It's a Greek restaurant, just kinda of north of the arena. He's gotten involved in it through ownership, but really i have seen Giannis kind of expand over the past couple months in terms of his interest. He's in the candy now, he's in the winery. He and his brothers have just over the past few months have really expanded what they're doing and I like it because he's setting himself up kind of long term. You know, what's he gonna be involved in after he's through playing hoops? He's got all these things now. And and for him to be involved in that restaurant. And he says he's going to spend some time there. He's going to eat some meals there. He's going to be involved there. I think his one is good for him. It's also great for the community. Think about also he's going to have the bad retail store, which will be right across the street from the arena, in the trade. Again, he sees things really well in terms of his brand and of living his life kind of after he's through playing basketball.
4: Big news this week in the nonprofit sector, Mark. You know, we're trying to get our way to $240 million for the new right. Milwaukee Public Museum. That's going to go just north of Fiserv Forum. And a big contribution toward that end over the last week.
5: Yeah, it really is important to that effort. It's the ex-CEO of Kohl's really involved in the growth of that retailer. He and his family, in honor of their parents, made the contribution of $10 million. Important for recoveries. One is because it obviously raises the money they need, but two, it raises the recognition of others, hopefully. So I think long-term, this will help them. For those of us who, you know, kind of walk through the museum and have seen the current state, we know that it needs to be replaced, and that's what they're working on. But they're really trying to raise a lot of money here. They want to start construction yet in 2023, have it open yet in 2026. So there's a lot of work to be done here and a lot of money to be raised there still because they need about $80 million or more still for the whole project. Not easy to do, but important for our community. So the next few months are really, really key to them.
4: Hey, last thing for you, because I saw some pictures online that you posted from Doors Open Milwaukee. Boy, is that event just exploded over the last several years.
5: It really is, and it's something that I try to hit every year. I get out with Kay and just walk around downtown. You get to go in places. Like I went into Grafe, which I know is actually near you guys. In the Avenue, I never actually been in that space, but to see the office space they created in the Avenue, kind of overlooking the rest of the mall, is really cool to go into a firehouse, which I did, right in the heart of the city, and see how that's put together. The other thing I think is cool, Vince, is you see everybody out and about in the city, kind of walking around, seeing all these hidden gems we have, and just enjoying the city, on a Saturday and Sunday. And how important is that? Because again, I often kind of talk about the energy and the activity and to see that and and to see these cool places, whether it's City Hall, whether it's the courthouse, whether it's, you know, all these other really cool places, it's important for our city to kind of show them off. So, I mean, that's just a great, really cool event, I think.
4: Mark Cass, Editor-in-Chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. Great to catch up with you, Mark. Always good to talk to you, buddy. I'll talk to you next week.
1: Thanks, Vince. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate that. Dayton Kane in for Libby Collins. It's 826. Still a long way to go in the show. Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News. we have going to be checking in with Matt Kemple, the executive producer and founder of the 18th Annual Milwaukee Comedy Festival. We'll get your weekend review. We've got Matt Miller coming on from Milwaukee.com. Uh, we'll talk to the EAA about their space day that they have coming up next weekend. So don't go anywhere. Coming up next, we will get with Jessica Gatso and the WTMJ Breaking News Center. Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News. Dayton Kane in for Libby Collins. Good morning, 834. Dame Dalla traded to Cream City. A Green Bay murderer receives her sentence. A longtime U.S. Senator passes away and more. It's Week in Review brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. What
0: we do here is we probably don't have back. to replace those windows. And to, to the left. <laughs>
4: IndyCar will make its return to the Milwaukee Mile for the first time since 2015. IndyCar series owner Roger Penske says the announcement reaffirms their commitment to honoring the historical significance of the mile.
0: It's important that we take these series to places that are long-staying capabilities that you have here. I am jazzed about this. The Iglesias pitch, a swing and a miss, and the Brewers, for the third time in six years are the National League Central Division champions onward towards World Series. Save yep. me some champagne, will you? You got it. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Following the Atlanta Braves come from behind win over the Chicago
5: Cubs, the somewhat anxious Brewers Clubhouse turned into a nightclub. <laughs>
4: Let's get Matty Arnold. The GM brought a lot of you guys here. Let's douse him. Craig Council led the charge as the team doused senior VP Matt Arnold with champagne earlier this
0: week. My phone actually completely died during the celebration the other night.
6: Taylor Shabizness, now sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of extended supervision for the 2022 murder of Shad Therian.
1: Going to impose uh, life imprisonment without the possibility of extended supervision.
4: Brown County Brown Judge Tom Walsh describing the, of, the magnitude of Taylor Shabizness's crimes to the courtroom as he laid out her sentencing. Breaking news in the NBA, in a major trade involving the Milwaukee Bucks, according to ESPN, the Bucks are acquiring seven-time All-Star Damian Lillard. As part of the deal, the Bucks send guard Drew Holiday to
5: Portland and guard Grayson Allen to the Phoenix Suns.
1: It's day time! It's bad enough he ain't coming to New York. It's bad enough he ain't coming to Miami! Milwaukee, you're gonna cry all day, crybaby.
0: Welcome to the second Republican debate of the 2024 primary.
4: You talk about the kids' table, Steve. Like, don't
7: treat us like children. And a couple people were able to get in their last pitches for Please Vote
5: For Me. You're afraid of being on this stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's gonna happen you keep doing that, no one up here is gonna call you Donald Trump anymore. We're gonna call you Donald Duck. <laughs>
4: Honestly, every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say. Started with a cringy, ended with a cringy.
0: this is the compilation.
4: Two people injured following a shooting at Elsa's restaurant downtown Milwaukee right across from Cathedral Square
2: Park. This was once a huge glass door which is now boarded up with wood and if you take a look at the ground here you can even see some pieces of glass scattered on the floor. It
5: will be impactful for a while. I mean over time because the restaurant has a great reputation has great food. Everyone's eating there. I think they can overcome it but it's going to be tough for a
8: while. I'm here at the UAW Local 75 rally outside the Mopar Stellantis plant. Workers Chanting, one day longer, one day stronger, as the strike continues. We
9: want people to have access to good-paying family support and jobs. Unions bring that. Well, I have to stay out here as long as it takes. I just hope they can get this done, everybody gets a fair deal, and we all go back to work. Breaking
4: news in West Alice this morning. He's
0: telling the
9: caller he will charge at the police
5: with the knives in his hands.
4: West Alice police shot and killed a man while answering a domestic violence call happening near 71st and Greenfield. Several officers discharged weapons and
0: the adult male is deceased you unlock this door with the key of imagination beyond it is another dimension goff deep again wide open making the grab and taking it, and it is st brown big hole left side in for the touchdown david montgomery keep it on the ground through the middle there he goes again montgomery uh, I'm really in every face. You've just crossed over into the kneecap. <sighs> Boo!
9: Boo! Boo!
7: California Senator Dianne Feinstein has passed away at the age of 90. <laughs>
0: It was 1992 when Dianne Feinstein and Barbara Boxer became California's first female senators. It's now up to Governor Gavin Newsom to name an immediate successor for Feinstein. Because we are barreling towards a government shutdown, they might need a 50th
9: Democratic vote to keep the government open. I think it is possible that we see an appointment by California Governor Gavin Newsom before the day is over. What a week.
0: Boat raced at Lambo. At you. Take care. Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend...
1: There it is, your week in review sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. Dayton Canaan for Libby Collins coming up. We'll check your forecast and we'll talk with Matt Kemple, the executive producer and founder of the 18th annual Milwaukee Comedy Festival. It is Wisconsin's weekend morning news on WTMJ. Good morning. <laughs> Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News. Dayton Kane in for Libby Collins. Good morning, 841. Our forecast for today, warm, muggy, sunny, a high of 82. Monday, sunny and 83. Tuesday, partly cloudy, 83. Wednesday, chance of showers and storms, a high of 79. Thursday, partly cloudy, a few showers and a high of 70. 61 in Cedarburg, 65 Racine, 65 in Milwaukee. And it is happening starting today, it looks like. The 18th annual Milwaukee Comedy Festival Matt Kempel the executive producer and founder on with us good morning Matt how are you I'm doing great how are you doing today Good so if you're in the comedy club scene 842 on a Sunday's got to be pretty early so I appreciate you calling in <laughs> I had a couple cups of
6: coffee to prepare so I'm doing great
1: All right so have you been doing this for 18 years
6: Yeah, I founded the festival 18 years ago, uh, and I never expected it to go this
1: long. (laughs) And now you're like, what did I do? No, no, no. What have I done? So tell us a little bit about it. What can we expect for the next, uh, looks like, eight days?
6: Yeah, we have 13 different shows at seven venues all over the city. We start things out tonight at Lakefront Brewery with Kelly Ryan. She's a hilarious comic uh, from the West Coast that's really been making a name for herself. We're very excited to work with her. Uh, tomorrow is going to be the Milwaukee Roast um, at the Cooperage, which is just a all of the best comics in the city are all going to kind of riff on the city that we love. It's a really fun time. And then um, we have a, uh, one of our bigger shows, Todd Berry, at Shank Hall on Thursday. We have um, Kyle Canane at the Paps Theater, who's our big festival headliner this year, on Saturday. And then um, we close things out with Dave Stone at The Laughing Tap on next week, Sunday.
1: So how do people get involved if they want to see these shows? Are they all free? Or are there some you got to pay for? Yeah, they're, they're all ticketed events. Some okay. shows have already sold out. Uh,
6: tickets and more information are available at mkecomedyfest.com, and there's information on the comics and the lineups and um, all the different venues that we're at.
1: So are you a comic? Is that how you got involved in this? <laughs> no, I, I have more of
6: a theater background, and okay. uh, I was involved with like improv comedy and sketch comedy. My other two producers, Greg and Caitlin, are both really funny comics, uh, so luckily um,
1: I have their... <laughs> (laughs)
6: expertise
1: all right comics that have been on uh comedy central netflix hbo snl i mean they've been through this and we've got more to come this week so thank you for doing what you do and putting this on adding another layer of entertainment to the milwaukee scene you're welcome happy to do it all right matt kempel thanks for being on the show coming up next we check in with dominic Catronio and the wtmj sports
3: 161 games down just one to go. It was a wacky one on Saturday between the Cubs and the Brewers. A game that featured 12 runs in the first two innings.
0: And the pitch hit to
3: Euchre's call here on WTMJ. That homer from Santana nodded the game at six. However, the Cubs would win 10-6. to The game wouldn't matter ultimately, though, because with the Marlins defeating the Pirates, they officially eliminate the Cubs from postseason contention. Here's what Craig Council had to say about being the team that knocks out Chicago.
0: You know, next for us is one more game and, and then, you know, finding out who we play. That's those are the two next things that that come up for us. But, you know, game tomorrow and then hopefully have an answer on who we're going to play. Here's what we know for
3: the National League playoff picture. Both the Marlins and Diamondbacks clinched the last two spots into the postseason. If the Marlins win today, they will head to Philly and Arizona will come to Milwaukee on Tuesday. However, if the Marlins lose paired with the Diamondbacks win, it would be Miami coming to Milwaukee and Arizona going to Philadelphia. First pitch of the finale of the regular season is today at 2.10. Coverage begins at 1 here on WTMJ. The Bucks rolled out the red carpet for Damian Lillard's arrival officially as a Milwaukee Buck. although because of travel issues, he was a little late to his own welcome. Nonetheless, he arrived with his twins under each arm, and by the end of the day, was already putting shots up in the practice center. Bucks preseason games begin exactly one week from today, next Sunday at noon against the Bulls. Right here on WTMJ. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports.
1: Dayton in for Libby Collins on Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News. Thank you, Dominic. Coming up, we are going to check in with Matt Miller from OnMilwaukee.com. I'm sure we'll be talking about that SAG after strike and what's that that's affecting as far as what we see on our television and movie screens. We'll also get you the forecast. It's Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News on WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee from
5: the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand
1: station. It is that time of year, isn't it? October first, twenty twenty-three. It's eight forty-nine. Dayton Kane in for Libby Collins on Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News. Thanks for tuning in today. Matt Miller not picking up his phone. Don't know what's going on there. So Isaac and I are going to talk a little bit about the. Uh, uh, can't hear you, Isaac. Uh, we going to talk a little bit about the movies and what what did you grow up watching? Because you're a little bit younger than I am. I'm fifty-two. Um, I'm assuming that you're not. <laughs> i am not 52 i'm 25 okay so um, you're half yeah. my age not even oh my gosh you just made me feel really old so our perspectives on halloween scary movies are gonna be a lot different i believe
9: yes i i have never ever been one for anything spooky at all really why um, is that you just don't i i i guess i was just an easily frightened child <laughs> um i went one one of my first vivid memories of watching any movie was being, you know, four or five years old, maybe a little older than that, and my cousins were so excited because they had rented The Nightmare Before Christmas and they were like, Oh, let's let's watch it and that first song that they do just scared me so much that I like I I probably ran out of the room. I wanted nothing to do with the Nightmare Before Christmas so we ever play, again. We play that movie
1: as we carve pumpkins. That's I know it's a Christmas theme movie, but it's also the Halloween theme movie, so we so I think uh this year my two year old granddaughter will probably be seeing that in the background as we're watching it. So that scared you. I, I see why you don't watch scary movies now. <laughs> we, I, we have, yeah. We've been joined by Jessica as well. Jessica Gatso, our our news um woman, and you are in your twenties, I'm guessing. Twenty-three.
7: Twenty-three.
1: So again. Not even half my age. What what did you grow up watching? Do you watch scary movies?
7: I will watch some, but I'm not. I don't want to get like extremely scared. <laughs> I'd,
1: I'd love to hear what people like what their favorite movies are at eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the old National Bank talking text line. So when I was a kid, my dad took us. We were young, probably. I don't know how he did this because I think at the time it was rated R. But he took like three of my friends and I to go see Poltergeist in the theater, which was not a smart thing to do. My, my mom did not know that was happening. And uh, we all had nightmares for years to come after that. And uh, that, that one's, and then I watched it as an adult and I'm like, what? This is so campy and cheesy. How did this scare me at all? That
9: is, that is pretty wild. I would not take a child to see Poltergeist. No. I Yeah. No, I've I've gotten a little better with scary movies now that I'm older. Um, one of my favorite movies is The Shining, but uh, I don't know. I still don't want to watch Poltergeist. That one, that one. I don't know. The idea of it freaks me out. What about you? Do, so, is there a favorite?
7: Well, I really I know it's not really that scary, really, but Beetlejuice. That, that's, <laughs> that's all a it's, for Halloween. For Halloween, it's of Halloween. Okay, <laughs> but, I guess, but yeah, to be fair.
9: I watched Beetlejuice. I watched Beetlejuice like a year ago. It freaked me out. Really? I was kind of scared.
1: Oh my goodness. I'm with a bunch of wimps here in the studio when we talk about this. Uh, There's one scene that is vividly imprinted on my mind, and that is Carrie. I don't know if you've ever watched the old uh, uh, Stephen King movie. It's based on his book, Carrie. Well, at the end, a hand reaches up out of a grave and just like, and. I still have nightmares every once in a while. I'll wake up like, oh, okay, I'm just dreaming. We're all good. But um, obviously, this what I've noticed over the years is, and maybe it's just because I'm more attuned to it, even the scary movies have gotten darker and creepier than they used to be. And maybe that's because technology is allowing them to go into realms that they couldn't do before. But um, I would never bring a kid to a scary movie now. Like, if you've ever seen a Saw movie, that's like... Don't don't I can't I can't handle that type of scary like the I'm going to chop you up into pieces scary is not my thing like the ethereal um, this could be a ghost or is it just somebody out there creeping around in the woods kind of thriller. I like those type of scary movies.
7: What about clowns? It. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: You found my one weakness. I cannot do clowns. (laughs) I've watched it, all of them, and they freak me out. I just can't do it. And if there's a clown, like if you walk into a room and there's like just a toy clown sitting there, I'd be like, "All right, I see you. I'm watching you. Don't don't get up. I'm just passing through." Because yeah, it's kind of creepy.
9: Yeah, i I have never seen any of the versions of it. I no, don't don't watch them, Isaac. If if Nightmare Before. what the Nightmare Before Christmas? Yeah, if that freaks, freaks you out, out don't yeah. watch it. Okay, but I've seen all of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. I yeah. when I first moved to Milwaukee, my my roommate is a big horror fan, and he has a tradition every spooky season, shall we say, where every weekend he'll watch a movie in a franchise. Um, and so the year that I lived with him, it was Friday the Thirteenth, and so I saw all of those. So I can kind of do like slashers now, you know, when they're when they're kind of predictable like that, it doesn't really scare me so much.
1: I've just looked up uh, the best horror movie of 2023 according to this website is a show called Husera the Bone Woman. That is probably not one that I'd want to see.
9: I'm I have not heard of that. Pass
1: on that one. Talk to me, Attachment, Megan, Influencer. Brooklyn, there's a lot out this year. I have heard
9: a lot about Talk to Me. Yeah? I have no interest in seeing no? it. Because, well, it's, I, I have family members who are big into horror movies. My, my French uncle is a big horror fan. And he said that Talk to Me was, was terrifying. Um, so I, I do not have any interest in that one. Thank you very much. It's got 95%
1: on Rotten Tomatoes. People are loving it. So if yes. you like horror movies, that might be the one to go see this year. Talk to me. Jessica, you going to go check that one out?
7: I don't know. This one sounds a little, little much. <laughs> it's fast-paced,
1: <laughs> unpredictable. Keeps you
9: on the edge of your seat. Sounds like every horror movie ever described. But uh, yeah, should be good. So it, it is Halloween season. Yeah. Did, sorry, I, this one's not a Halloween movie. But did you ever see Nope? That is a weird movie. That's not scary so much to me. No, but I'm never going in a bounce house again after uh, after that one scene in yeah. in that movie. There, there's no, a lot you. of bizarre
1: visuals in that movie, actually. Yes. So, but I wasn't like freaked out by that one again because that was more like a what's happening thriller, not a like I'm going to jump out and kill
9: you. Yeah, it was more <laughs> sci-fi territory. Exactly. I suppose. Exactly. So.
7: Do we think Alfred Hitchcock counts as horror, or is this more... Did
1: he do birds? Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. You know what's hilarious? I own chickens, and I hate birds. I'm afraid of them. I used to deliver papers, and when I would go up to houses, there'd be birds' nests, and they would protect that nest, and I would get... So I have kind of an intrinsic fear of birds, yet my wife's like, you want to get chickens? I'm like, sure. I don't know why that happened, but uh, yeah, Alfred Hitchcock... So those are more, like, again... A little thriller, a little yeah. behind the scenes, yeah. like I hear a creaking door, but I'm not sure what it is. Like those are cool to me, but like the flat out, yeah. That yeah. I'll pass on
9: those. Well, it's Alfred Hitchcock had Psycho, which right. exactly. yeah, was kind of a precursor to the modern horror movie in a lot of ways. Exactly. Um, I I liked I liked Psycho a lot. That one was Yeah. I again not a big horror movie guy. I like Psycho. You've I like watched a lot shining. of horror movies for a guy who doesn't like it. Yeah, I don't know. I guess jump scares are really more of what what yeah. I don't like. So See, that's the part I like. Like, oh no, but nobody nobody startle
1: the, me. When they get gross on me, I'm like, Yeah, I'm out. So All right, well, there we go. We filled in for Matt Miller. Thanks, Matt, for not calling in today we appreciate that I don't know what what happened there but hopefully next week he'll be back with yeah Libby. I'm sure he will all right coming up next we'll check into the WTMJ breaking news Center she's already here so we'll we'll talk to her next Jessica getzo in on Wisconsin's weekend morning news so
7: citing unlimited WTMJ news time is
1: 906 this is Wisconsin's man, men. weekend man, morning news man, man, man. Man, man. It is, and I am Dayton Kane in for Libby Collins. Thank you for joining us this uh, October 1st, 2023. Uh, When you think of EAA, you often think of AirVenture, but there is an event coming up this coming Saturday, October 7th, and we're going to talk to Courtney Condon, the educator at EAA. Good morning, Courtney. How are you? Good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, and this sounds exciting. Uh, Space Day. Space Day. So when you think EAA, you think airplanes so tell us a little bit about what this event is all about
10: right well of course you know space has a lot to do with um, aerospace and aeronautics as well but um, yeah we're going to have space day on saturday we have a lot of awesome activities set up for kids from 10 to 4 and then from 4 to 5 we have some amazing speakers we actually have the polaris dawn crew um, coming from
1: spacex wow Well, that's cool. So people come out, they spend the day with the kids, and then they can learn a little bit about actually going up into space, huh? Yeah,
10: absolutely. There's a lot of crafts and projects that the kids can do. Um, We also have some space capsules that the kids can climb into and learn about um, the original space capsules, the Mercury and, and a different one. And
1: yeah, it'll be awesome. What are some of the activities for the kids?
10: We have cup rockets where they can make a little rocket from some cups and some rubber bands and some straw rockets, lots of rockets, <laughs> compressed air rockets. If the weather's nice, they can shoot them off in front of the museum. Um, we're also going to have a 20-foot blow-up moon um, outside if it's nice, and if not, um, inside the museum.
1: A blow-up moon, 20 feet tall, huh? Yes, sir. Right. What, tell me, what is a spacesuit challenge?
10: The Spacesuit Challenge, um, they actually put a marshmallow in a vacuum chamber um, to see if they can get their marshmallow to survive. So they have to build some kind of um, device out of bags and um, tinfoil and tape to try and keep their marshmallow from expanding. <laughs> in <the spacesuit.
1: laughs> Who thinks of this stuff? That's, that's pretty fun. Uh, so that's going on at the EAA grounds inside and outside, it sounds like. Uh, just inside. Just, yep, inside, just inside, except the for the museum. moon. The big yep. moon's outside if yeah, it's the nice. Moon, out.
10: The moon will be right outside the lobby. Yep. Absolutely. So if <laughs> I'm if
1: I'm bringing the family out there, concessions? Can I eat while we're there? Yeah, we'll have
10: food from eleven to five um, for purchase. And um, I should say that Space Day is included with regular museum admission and is free for EAA members as well as members of the ASTC. Um, Museum
1: Association. Awesome. So that's coming up this coming Saturday, October 7th, 10 to 5 PM at the EAA grounds. Uh, tell us a little bit, Courtney, about what your role is as an educator.
10: Yeah. Um, so like you said in your intro, um, we're more than just Air Venture. We have kids coming all the time in the museum. Um so my job is working with field trips. And um, we also have homeschool activities that are going on. We have drop-in sessions for kids on Saturdays. We have story time. We've always got a lot going on in our museum year-round.
1: And how long have you been doing that?
10: Um, I have been there about two and a half years.
1: All right. So you're enjoying it?
10: I am, yeah. This is my third space day, and I this is one of my favorite things to plan.
1: So <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks for doing that for the community. It's always good to have fun stuff going on. Uh, if you don't know where the EAA grounds are, they're in Oshkosh, right off of the freeway there, so very easy to find. Uh, what's a website people can check out?
2: Yeah, they can go
10: to um, www.eaa.org.
1: Oh, easy enough. EAA.org. Yeah. <laughs> so anything else that everybody should know before we, we leave you?
10: Yeah, um, like I said, the Polaris Dawn crew is coming to speak from 4 to 5, and um, Jared Eisenman is was one of the first um, astronauts of the all-civilian mission to space, um, and this crew is actually hoping to do the first-ever commercial spacewalk, so some history breakers. Wow.
1: In. <laughs> well that's kind of fun. Yeah. It is space yeah. is changing. So this this event's like taking on a whole new twist all of a sudden because before it was pretty much NASA and the government sending people off and now suddenly there's just normal people like us going up into space.
10: Yeah, exactly. And like that's the theme of our Space Day this year is space and entrepreneurship. So just talking about how uh, space tourism might look in the future and how an a- a- everyday average citizen might be able to go into space someday
1: that's such a weird phrase to me space tourism but that's kind of <laughs> cool it's exciting times It is <laughs> awesome courtney it thank is. you so much for coming on we appreciate that enjoy the rest of your sunday Thanks for having me all right Thanks. it is with you Wis- yeah wisconsin's weekend morning news dayton in for libby collins on wtmj coming up next we'll check in with Dominic catronio with sports and um, we're going to be talking cribbage a little bit coming up as well. Thanks for tuning in this morning.
3: In a must-win game for the Cubs and a lame-duck game for the Brewers, it was 6-0 Cubs after one inning. But this thing was pretty entertaining. And by the second inning, things were all square.
0: And the pitch hit to left!
3: Baseball Bob Uecker on the call. However, the Cubs would end up winning 10-6. It was all for naught though as the Cubs were eliminated by virtue of the Marlins winning in Pittsburgh. So the National League playoff field is set. The Marlins and Diamondbacks clinched their playoff berths on Saturday night and their results today will determine who the Brewers face on Tuesday in the wildcard round. The finale of the regular season is today at 2-10. Our coverage begins at 1 with Brewers warm-up. The Badgers were idle on college football Saturday. Here in the Big Ten, the top two teams really had no sweat. Number two, Michigan defeated Nebraska 45-7. Number six, Penn State over Northwestern, 41-13. Nothing crazy in the top 25 as far as upsets go, but a few teams had to sweat. Number one, Georgia came down to the wire against Auburn, 27-20, and number seven, Washington had their hands full on the road at Arizona. They win 31 to 24. But a wild finish between number 13 LSU visiting number 20 Ole Miss. So now
0: steps back to the left, throws toward the back of the end zone. The pass is going to be deflected and incomplete. It's there over. There is no flag. Ole Miss it's over. has won over LSU 55 to 49.
3: Wow. Dave Kellum on the call on the Ole Miss Sports Network from Learfield. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports.
1: Thank you, Dominic. It is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News. Coming up next, we are going to check into the five-day forecast, and we'll talk cribbage coming up. It is WTMJ. Thanks for listening this morning. Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News on WTMJ. Good morning, 919. It is October 1st, and our government is still working. My name is Dayton Kane. I'm in for Libby Collins this week, and uh, I've brought Jessica Gatso from the newsroom in to talk a little bit about what's happening here. So last night, President Biden signed it. Our government's still open today, which is a good thing. But, it is. But the story doesn't end ever, it doesn't seem like, because every time we hear it's like almost every month we're hearing about, hey, the government could shut down. And then we go, oh. We didn't, but this time it's only until... Only
7: until November 17th, so a very, very temporary one. So that
1: story that we've been following is going to just start right back up again, and they have to try to figure out how to keep it open a month from now. So what, I mean, I guess in a good way, people have their jobs. They're getting paid to go to work today, which is good. We don't want the airline, you know, TSA lines to shut down. We don't want people not to get the services that they're used to. But there's somebody who's not happy about this because of what happened with the voting. Do, what, what Something just came out like last night, early morning, about one of the senators or somebody going after somebody else. Um, McCarthy, right? Everybody's talking about McCarthy.
7: Right, and now it's a, a, a push to oust him.
1: Well, but. <laughs> because he, he agreed to some terms that they didn't like.
7: Right. But the, and he, he had to was, do that was touting, to avoid the shutdown. Exactly. And it was actually a celebration of like, hey, we used bipartisanship to actually make this happen.
1: Right. But now this Gates and- guy is coming after him saying, hey, you didn't do what we wanted you to do. And we're going to try to, what they say, um, motion to vacate. They're going to put through a motion to vacate and kind of get him out of that position.
7: Right, and even so, they would need those 218 votes once again to elect someone else, and that's the same problem that they ran into uh, in the beginning with McCarthy.
1: Okay, so the government continues through November 17th, at least, because House Speaker uh, Kevin McCarthy was able to secure that Democratic support that he needed to in the short term, but now that may affect what's happening going forward. Good news, 22 million federal workers and 1.3 million active-duty troops are spared immediate impact on their finances. That was going to be a big deal for a lot of people. Millions of people weren't going to have a paycheck all of a sudden, which now they do. How would you feel if you were one of those people knowing that November 17th, we're going to be going through this whole thing again? Like, I would assume people at some point go, you know what, I got to get out of here and go find another job, right? Right.
7: Yeah, that's a lot of uncertainty to continuously. Because
1: it's over and over. It seems like, like I said, almost every month or every other month we're hearing, hey, the government could shut down. All these people are going to be without their their paychecks. I know if WTMJ came to me and said, Dayton, I don't know if I can pay you next week. Can you come in? I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll trust that you're going to make it happen. They come back to me again and say, hey, Dayton, we don't know if we're going to pay you next month, but can you keep coming in? eventually i go okay where else can i find a job right
7: right and and all the essential employees within that that it would soon affect as well
1: right right because you start just thinking okay is this going to be a reality are we still going to be working when we come back on monday Um, Obviously, now we are, so that's good. So what happens next? So they come back on Monday. Lawmakers are probably going to resume their negotiations at the Capitol and try to figure out how we can get this done, hopefully, before November 17th, right? So before Thanksgiving, we should have a resolution. How do we keep... I mean, we're trillions of dollars in debt at this point. Is this all just funny money that we're throwing out there, and does it really even matter if they... I, I guess I'm naive when it comes to all of this how how does he even we don't have a budget we just keep printing more money how do we fix it do you know any suggestions
7: (laughs) yeah i mean at the very least this bill right now is including it looks like some natural disaster aid but the issue is that it's not putting any funding to ukraine or border security so they have not uh solved the the budget issue around those issues and those
1: are the two of the bigger ones that they're they're kind of fighting about to get in there or not have in there right okay so when that happens when they can figure that out then do you know i don't know this and i'm sorry to put you on the spot if we sign in a bill how long is is that a year-long thing typically if they get like a long term is it i'm assuming it would be a year i would i don't want to you answer want to that, that confidently okay. but <laughs> um because i just know that i'm sick and people are actually started we're hearing more about the uh, union strikes with the UAW and SAG-AFTRA than we were, I think, with the government shutdown. And pe- people are like, the average person like me is going, I- I'm not even going to pay attention to this because it just happens over and over and over. So it becomes kind of like background noise. We haven't felt the impact of it because they always seem to get it done right at the last minute. Um, so if psyche-wise in the country, that's that's affecting us as well, I think.
7: Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's kind of a sense of like, oh, is there, well, what is, what is the next strike potentially? Like, like
1: makes you wonder, did the
7: auto workers um, do this after the the writers and the actors? And is this kind of a trend, new trend as well?
1: Yeah. And then the government shutting down is like, well, yeah, they're, they're going to fix it. They always do. They always come to an agreement. I, I guess I'm afraid because when you hear them talk about, people talk about the impacts that it can have on the country if they don't get to that point. We've never had to sit through it, at least that I remember in my time, um, and so I, I'm I'm curious to see kind of what happens if it doesn't get worked out. But, right, but, but I, I'm afraid to see that. <laughs> yeah, because like the I longest don't know.
7: the longest shutdown lasted 35 days um,
1: for the government. So that's, when, that, Do you that's know what year that was? because
7: that was from December 22nd of 2018 to January 25th of 2019.
1: Okay, so that did go through my lifetime. I was I worked through it, So it didn't impact my life enough where I even remember like, oh no, I'm in trouble here and I have to worry about this. So hmm. Now you got me thinking even more like what what impact does this have? I know for the you the sag after strike, there's a lot of people whose lives were affected by that. I as the average guy sitting here go, well, I can watch reruns, I can watch sports, I can watch things. And so, so personally, sitting in my house in New Berlin, I wasn't freaking out about that strike. You know, I have a car, I don't need to buy a car. I know that people are struggling to get parts done and their cars fixed. But again, I don't know anybody that's in that union. I wasn't freaking out about that car strike. I know if all these places start striking and all, the government starts shutting down, that's going to have huge economic impacts across the entire country. I get that. I guess personally I haven't felt it yet, so I don't know what that what that means in my everyday life.
7: Right, and especially with the, the economic impact being something that just kind of slowly feeds its way into the average consumer. I, right. I also can't say that I've had a personal connection to either of the major strikes recently.
1: I, I'm a little more concerned about my grocery bill a lot of the times than anything so i don't know we'll see what's happening um we'll we'll keep an eye on it and of course during the week on wtmj that's there's a lot of conversations going on about it um so i i tune in there to find out my personal side of it like how is it affecting us locally because they do a good job of getting local community members on to talk about it um but this this new thing that came out last night the motion to vacate mccarthy is a new added twist that I'm sure Scafidi and Jeff Wagner are going to get into this week. So make sure you tune into WTMJ for that. Coming up next, we are going to get into the bottom of the hour news, and we're going to bring in a familiar name, Mike Vitucci. I'm sure you've heard the name. If you've been on North Avenue in the last three decades, you've seen the name up on the wall of an establishment. We'll talk about the bar industry and how that's changed over the past few decades with him and owning some properties and some of that stuff. So stick around. Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News is on WTMJ. Wisconsin's weekend morning news, Dayton Canaan for Libby, Libby Collins. Good morning, 9.34 on a Sunday. And we're going to talk about the bar industry. And if, if you've been out to the bars in Milwaukee, you've seen the name for many years up on a wall on North Avenue, Vitucci. Well, we have Mike Vitucci joining us this morning. Good morning, Mike. Thanks for coming on.
8: Uh, good morning. Thanks for having me.
1: So what people may not know is that uh, your, your family's been doing this a very long time, all the way back to your great-grandfather, who you're named after, correct?
8: That is correct.
1: So tell us a little about You, you've, you have five bars currently, but you've owned many different places throughout the years. What, what are your current five establishments?
8: Uncle Buck's on 3rd, next to the Pfizer Arena. Um, I have two Marquette bars and uh, Murphy's and Caffrey's and the Belmont Tavern on Jefferson Street and Izzy Hops on the east side.
1: Okay. And how long have you been doing this?
8: Well, uh, I've been bartending since I was 17 years old, and um, it's probably... (laughs) I'm 58, so it's been a long time.
1: All right, so you've seen a lot of changes over those years, and uh, I guess I want to talk, first of all, everybody knows that COVID came in and you guys had to pivot big time to make things work. What was the biggest thing that's happened after COVID now that we're coming, you know, we're back out of it, people are going back out again? What changed inside the industry after that?
8: You know, that's interesting. I think it's mostly psychological. Um, when you're pulled out of the workplace, when you're, you're pulled away from people socializing, hugging, high fiving, you know, a time frame passes six months to nine months, it changes people. I mean, the behavior changes, people become uneasy. Um, so they have to get back into the swing of things, back into socializing. And I think I've seen. Um, you know, people more conscious about that more than ever before. So the large group gatherings are now coming back.
1: Yeah. Uh, does through through that, I mean, social media has been around for a long time now. How is that playing into that like gathering and, and people being together? Is it is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it more about sharing the
8: fun times we're having? Yeah, people are funny these days. I mean, you know, what moves people seems to be group mentality. What's everybody doing? The individuality and the decision-making that we used to have where we'd say, hey, I'm going to head over here and meet some buddies. Now these kids, they're all on their devices, let's face it. (laughs) They, they, They struggle making decisions. Parents, shame on you out there for making decisions for your kids. These kids need to make decisions for themselves, really get involved. Um, and I think that changes how people interact and how people decide things. I have two boys that are teenagers uh, in high school, and I always ask them, hey, what do you think we should do here? You know, let them make their decisions. Let them feel empowered. Yeah. But yeah. definitely social media has, uh, has made people um, be more like herd mentality rather than individuality. Uh,
1: I have a question, and this is a, a reflection of me, unfortunately. How has it affected liquor consumption? Because if, if there would have been cameras on me in college, it would not be a good thing. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. Does, does that affect how people drink, or are they still drinking like they used to?
8: I think that today, uh, the consumer, they want to learn about the product. So you know, if you want to drink something, you're not going to just say, hey, give me a um you know a beer they're going to want to know it's like what is this craft beer what is this ipa where's it from they want to know a little bit more about the bourbon so there's more of an experience of learning and then on the other hand you get the inexperienced ones that just don't respect alcohol that um that drink and don't use don't make good decisions i know people like how it used to be when you're younger yeah yeah that's uh
1: that was a joke by the way yeah no it was it's a true joke that's why it's funny unfortunately uh but no seriously if there if there would have been cameras around everywhere when some of us were doing what we did back in the day um we probably wouldn't have done as much stupid stuff (laughs) maybe we would have i don't know um but anyway so what what would you say as we sign off with you here what what should people know about going out downtown
8: Downtown's a lot of fun. I mean, um, you know, especially by the Pfizer Arena. Um, Uncle Buck's is, in the, is is right in the in the action. Um, we really do a great job with getting people to and from the arena from concerts to uh, all sporting events. Um, unfortunately, we don't take reservations during events because it's just too damn busy. <laughs> uh, but downtown is a safe area. It really is. Don't be don't be discouraged by. By what you what you hear in the media the media can be bittersweet for you uh but it's a fun safe uh, place the milwaukee police department is outstanding under their control and um I, I have fun there i've been downtown for uh, 30 years yeah and it's, it's fabulous
1: i love going town all right uh thank you mike i appreciate you coming on the show i know it's early for you on a sunday but uh get back with the family enjoy the rest of your weekend
8: You too. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. Thank you. It is
1: Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News. Coming up next, we'll get into the conversations with Libby on WTMJ. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. 942 on WTMJ is is, uh, Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News. Dayton in for Libby Collins. And uh, right now we're going to check in with her and see what she has coming up later today on
11: WTMJ.
7: For a short time, you worked for Governor Tommy Thompson I did. as well. I did. How did that come about? I did.
11: So that one, I had been working for Milwaukee Public Schools as the school to work administrator. That was exciting. It was a new initiative. Milwaukee Public Schools through the state had received funding for their programming and for their apprenticeship programs. Well, that was huge for Governor Thompson at that time. There were times when he would come into the city, have tours, and I would be the one responsible to help. Or I would meet him and whoever was touring to see our different school-to-work programs. There came a point in time where I had been at MPS for four years. There wasn't as much emphasis on the whole school-to-work initiative, which was huge. We actually became a national model, so it was disappointing that it was not carried on and, and supported as it should have been. So during that time, I received a call from the governor's office who had an opening, and my name had been tossed around as someone that should be talked to about that role. This was a new experience that I never expected. You could hear
1: Libby's entire conversation with Dr. Eve Hall from the Milwaukee Urban League today at 11, right after the AccuDent Mortgage and Realty Show. Coming up next, we'll check in with Dominic Catronio with sports. We'll get you your forecast, and we'll wrap up Wisconsin's weekend morning news. Dayton Kane in for Libby on WTMJ.
3: 161 games down. Just one to go. It was a wacky one on Saturday between the Cubs and the Brewers, a game that featured 12 runs in the first two innings.
0: And the pitch hit to left.
3: Euker's call here on WTMJ. That homer from Santana nodded the game at 6. However, the Cubs would win 10-6. to The game wouldn't matter ultimately, though, because with the Marlins defeating the Pirates, they officially eliminate the Cubs from postseason contention. Here's what Craig Council had to say about being the team that knocks out Chicago.
0: You know, next for us is one more game, and, and then... You know, finding out who we play—that's those are the two next things that that come up for us. But you know, game tomorrow, and then hopefully have an answer on who we're going to play. Here's what we know for the National League playoff
3: picture: Both the Marlins and Diamondbacks clinched the last two spots into the postseason. If the Marlins win today, they will head to Philly, and Arizona will come to Milwaukee on Tuesday. However, if the Marlins lose, paired with the Diamondbacks win, it would be Miami coming to Milwaukee, and Arizona going to Philadelphia. First pitch of the finale of the regular season is today at 2.10. Coverage begins at 1 here on WTMJ. The Bucks rolled out the red carpet for Damian Lillard's arrival officially as a Milwaukee Buck. although because of travel issues, he was a little late to his own welcome. Nonetheless, he arrived with his twins under each arm, and by the end of the day, was already putting shots up in the practice center. Bucks preseason games begin exactly one week from today, next Sunday at noon, against the Bulls. Right here on WTMJ. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports.
1: Thank you, Dominic. Coming up next, the five-day forecast, and we're going to talk about my experience at Lambeau Field on Thursday. I was surprised by something I saw, not just the fact that the Lions beat the Packers. That was kind of a shocker that i am still not gotten over, but uh, something else happened that I want to fill you in on and see what you think of it. It is WTMJ. Thanks for listening. Going to get into some Packers speak. I know everybody talks about the Packers, but i got a different thing I want to talk about here coming up. Dayton Canaan for Libby Collins on Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News on WTMJ. Your forecast for today, warm, muggy, sunny, a high of 82. Yeah, this is October 1st. Monday, sunny 83. Tuesday, partly cloudy 83. Wednesday, chance of showers and thunderstorms. High of 79 in Thursday, partly cloudy with a few showers, 70 at 68 in Germantown, 73 East Troy, 70 in Milwaukee. And uh, yeah, this Thursday I had the joy of going to the Packers game. I hit the Tundra Trio tailgate before I went in, which is always a good time. If you ever have a chance to go there, maybe your company could buy some tickets to get into it. You may want to check it out. Good food, good beverage, played some bags with my son and my father-in-law, and then we headed into the game. Now, this is where it got interesting. So we were watching the game, and of course... We had that first uh, series where we picked off the ball and we thought we were all on fire and we're going to win the thing and it was exciting and then we only got three points off a field goal and we kind of all settled back down for a little bit. It was still loud. People were excited and thought maybe we had a chance against the Lions till about the second quarter and then we realized we looked, kind of like a high school football team out there on the field against them. So that was shocking. I, I learned that the, the Lions might be the real deal. Everybody's been talking about it, but to actually watch them play us, uh, we, look, we look kind of foolish. But as I'm sitting there in the stands, halftime comes around, and uh, one of the guys that I'm with, are my cousin Brent, goes down, and he comes back with two 24-ounce cans of Miller Lite, which I didn't even know was a thing. I've seen the, the tall boys at 16 ounces, so now we're getting two full beers in a can at this point. And uh, I'm like, he's like, yeah, this is right across from the concession stand. You can go over and get these yourself. And I'm like, what, what do you mean you can get these yourself? He's like, yeah, you just, you walk up and you reach in a cooler and you get the can and you check out. I'm like, well, do, do they card you? And he's like, no, no, I just went up and I bought it. And I'm like, wait a second. How, how is this possible? So, Of course, you know, third quarter I go down to check out what's going on and and I get down there and sure enough, right outside our walkway as we're coming out, across the way, is just coolers and coolers of different beers in cans. I open the door, grab two Miller lights, walk over. I'm looking around to see how to check out who's gonna check me out. It's kind of like you know at Pick and Save or Woodman's you got the self check lane, you just bloop bloop, you walk out and you pay. Nobody carded me, which was weird. There was, I could see, I looked around to see who was watching. There was two people that I could spot were obviously security guards watching this stand while there's 75 people rushing in and grabbing beers in between plays trying to get beers and check out. So my first thought is, one, I I don't think anybody carded me or if they they didn't ask for my ID any way, shape or form that I remember. Two... How are they keeping people from just walking in and walking out with beer? So I get back to the seats and I hand my son his beer. My son's 23, by the way, so it's not like I'm having a 12-year-old a beer. Uh I have my beer. My father-in-law is a DD, so he didn't want a beer, so he didn't get him one. But uh they ask, how much was the beer? Now, this is where it comes bad on me because... Credit cards make it way too easy to spend money, right? So I reach in my pocket. I'm like, I don't know what I paid for this beer. Honestly, I just scanned and I left. Well, here's the receipt, Isaac. It's in my hand. How much do you think that
9: 24 ounce beer was in a can? It it's gonna be a little bit pricey, yeah? So I'm gonna go sixteen dollars. Great.
1: That was an awesome guess. So concession, 1499 tax. Eighty-two cents, total of fifteen eighty-one. Whoa! But basically, you're getting two beers in one. So work it yeah. out. You know, about seven fifty-eight bucks a beer, which yeah. is typical anywhere you go these days. So that's not the problem. The problem is I was the guy who stole a beer, not knowing it. There's only one can of beer on this receipt, and if Lambeau Fields listening, I owe you fifteen dollars yeah, and eighty-one cents. I guess you're I'm outing myself. It on the radio. But that—that's what I'm. So. Now I'm making other people pay more for their beer next year, right? Because I just stole a beer by accident. I, I scanned both, I thought, swipe my card, actually tap my card, I didn't even swipe my card, I just tapped my card and I walked off. It wasn't until somebody asked me what I paid for my beer that I realized I only paid for one beer. And I wasn't about to go down. I mean, I'm watching a Packer game. Maybe I'll drive up there next time and say, hey, who do I pay $16 to for my beer I took last time? But how many times did that happen? throughout the game how many times you know shame on me for not checking i could have paid for four beers because i scanned it twice or three times and didn't even think about it because it's just so easy to tap that card on that reader and you walk off with whatever you paid and you look at your receipt later and go "Oh wait a second i overpaid i underpaid so lesson learned for everybody out there make sure you're paying for the beer you're supposed to get whether it's too much too little make sure you're paying the right thing but two if anybody can chime in on this and tell me how they're allowed to just open coolers and let people scan themselves out, I was blown away.
9: I definitely thought that you were you were gonna be finding out that you know some guy in a trench coat just had had 24 ounce (laughs) beers that he was selling to people directly literally it was like you know um nemo when all the seagulls are like mine
1: mine 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 it was like that at this place everybody's rushing in grabbing their beers checking out because they want to get back up to the game so it was chaos i mean it was kind of crazy in there and like i said i was kind of looking around like who who's managing this little station here how does this work and by the end of it i'm like yep yeah, there is really no organization and i was in line with people i'm like how do they know people aren't going to steal beers and they're like yeah i guess it's on the honor system they're trusting us to be honest and i'm like if we learned anything from humans in the last 3 years
9: honesty's not our greatest strong suit maybe they factor in the stolen beers and that's why it's so That's expensive. what
1: i'm saying i'm i'm now jacking up everybody's price next year because i only paid for one of the two and now beers now it's going to be 1583 oh my gosh you're going to pay 2 cents more next year for my beer unbelievable
9: so have you been to a game yet i have never been to a game at lambeau field in my life You have never been i haven't i've been to lambeau field many times uh for optometry conventions but never <laughs> never <laughs> for a say, football game. what is your dad an optometrist yeah okay he, he all right. was the president of the wisconsin optometric association for a while interesting so we were at a lot of conventions all right <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good luck going to Lambo
1: if you're looking at those stations. Actually, it was a, that 24-ounce beer was a better bargain to go get it yourself and check out. The other thing that I thought was funny is they put a tip thing on there. How much do you want to tip? What? No, none. Zero. Zero am I tipping? Yeah. There's nobody here to tip. So all right, Packers, Raiders, Monday night football next week at seven fifteen. So check it out there. They will not be at Lambeau Field for that one. Coming up next, the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show. That does it for Wisconsin's weekend morning news. Libby Collins back in next week. Thankfully, she will do a much better job than I did, I'm sure. Dayton Kane saying, Have a great Sunday. Thank you, Isaac.